who among us doesn't enjoy a good mystery? And especially when solving it means that I get to bring out my competitive side, even if it's just me against the clock, I just can't wait to uncover all the secrets. So June's Journey is a game that is completely up my alley, and I think you'll love it too. In June's Journey, a hidden object mystery game, you play as June Parker, who's on a quest to solve her sister's murder and uncover her family's many secrets. Each chapter brings you deeper into the story, and it's set in the Roaring Twenties, so beyond uncovering clues, you get to experience the glitz and glamour of the time. June's Journey is definitely not a game I play mindlessly, which I love because I get genuinely invested and a lot of it is a race against time, so there's a little fun added pressure of trying to find the clues as quickly as you can in each scene. There are also tons of ways to customize the island that you're on, learn more about the characters, and then new chapters are added weekly, so you really can't run out of things to explore. So if you think you're up to solve this case, download June's Journey for free today on iOS or Android or play on PC through Facebook games. June needs your help, detective. What do you get when you take two childhood friends with a passion for unexplored history and a whole lot of booze? You get us, Queen's Podcast. And here at Queen's, we are spilling the tea on all kinds of women from history. From New Orleans voodoo queen, Marie Laveau, to Marie Antoinette, and everything in between. Each queen is paired with a cocktail recipe that will totally get you in the mood to hear the fun, dramatic, and juicy stories of fascinating women from history. Listen wherever you get your podcasts. Cheers! Listen! Hello everybody and welcome to this very special standalone episode of Nintendo Voice Chat. I'll be your fill-in host today, Tom Marks. Uh, We are recording this essentially because we never get lucky ever, and uh, Paper Mario the Origami King was announced mere hours after we recorded uh, this week's full episode, so we're doing a little special one-off. It's going to be shorter, it's going to be quicker, uh, it's in between other things, so we're sorry if it's a little bit ramshackle in that regard, but we wanted to get you guys our thoughts before an entire week had gone by. I am joined today by Mr. Brian Altano. Hey! Janet Garcia. What's up? And Zach Ryan. Hey, everybody. Guys, uh, I'm very excited about the surprise announcement, but before we get into that, before we get into what we think of the the trailer, the reveal, our hopes and dreams for the game, that sort of stuff, and also taking some questions from you, the listeners, uh, in a special tiny episode of Question Block, uh, we had one question from, and I'm sorry if I'm mispronouncing this name, Ikra Asad Khan, who asked, how would you explain what to expect from a Paper Mario game to someone coming in from having played other Mario games but never Paper Mario before? Why should a Mario fan play this? And this is especially relevant because, Janet, your kind of perspective in all of this is that you're not really a Paper Mario person, right? Correct. So, like, I guess <laughs> that's, that's the quick question is, like, why should anybody, why should a Mario fan care? Why should people care about this series if they've never played them or if maybe they've only played, like, Color Splash on Wii U? And, you know, there's a lot of love for, like, Thousand Year Door and that sort of thing. Yeah, I, I've been thinking about this a lot since I saw it, uh, you know, in the doc this morning, Tom. And, like, it, it, the Paper Mario series to me is kind of a catch-22 in that, like, it has a couple of really fantastic games. It has a couple of, like, pretty good games, and it has a couple of, like, pretty bad games. Um I might have added more games to the series there than there actually are in total, but yeah. <laughs> yeah, there, you know, there are five, but that's cool. Okay. Yeah, it's so in, in the seven Paper Mario games that I've played, uh, I found my experience <laughs> to be, uh, you know, it's a very s- sort of simplistic action RPG series, but it gets by mostly on its charm and 
the like especially the 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 smart writing and characterization i think that it's it's a one of the few series this and mario and luigi series like it's one of the few video game series that genuinely make me laugh like i think it's a very funny and and engaging series in that regard um in terms of the actual game itself like yeah it's just kind of a simple like pick up and play action rpg um that doesn't require a ton of like stat management management or min maxing or or you know anything like that yeah i think that's a good way to put it it's it's mm-hmm. a very simple it's like an rpg a jrpg that's like not doesn't take itself nearly as seriously as a lot of like the big heavy clunky jrpgs out there mm-hmm. yeah it's it's also a, a sort of a fraction of the time sink uh for better or worse like i always appreciate these games because i can go into them knowing i can finish them in 15 20 hours um, I think what Zach said, he totally nailed it. Like they're they're incredibly charming games. The art style does a lot of the heavy lifting here. I, I think that like occasionally they attempt to be sort of rudimentary platformers, um, which is not really their forte. Uh, to mixed results, I'd say like something like Super Paper Mario got the platforming to some sort of interesting levels uh, that we never really saw in the later games in terms of in terms of like rotating perspectives and stuff like that. Um, but yeah, these are these are sort of like fun, quirky, charming, simple RPGs for all ages for people who don't really want to invest a hundred hours in a in a like a really hardcore JRPG, and also really love Mario and some of his friends. <laughs> and as someone who's already thirty five hours into a run of Persona Five Royal, I get the the appeal of a shorter RPG. Uh, but let's talk about this one specifically, Paper Mario: The Origami King. This announcement came out of absolutely nowhere and already has a release date for two months from now on july 17th uh going up against ghost of tsushima but i think probably the audiences are a little bit different for those two games so you know there we go Uh, (laughs) what did you guys think of the trailer like genuinely what like how how did how to make you feel uh it was a absolutely wonderful surprise to get this kind of out of nowhere i think it was also like I think a lot of people are just starting to wind down on Animal Crossing and they're sort of looking at the horizon, no pun intended, and saying, what's next? Yay. Um, puns. Too early for puns. Um, and so I think there's been a lot of sort of chatter about like, you know, the lack of Nintendo Directs or news on re- really like, you know, first party stuff happening the rest of the year. Uh, E3 is a big question mark in terms of when, you know, anyone will be actually presenting any sort of new information about video games across the industry around that month. And so this was a really nice sort of thing to wake up to uh, yesterday and just go, oh, yeah, they're making a brand new Paper Mario game. Um, More importantly, this was rumored for a while, and it was part of uh, sort of a series of rumors that we talked about on the show before, which is celebrating the 35th anniversary of Super Mario and bringing on this sort of ushering in a whole set of remasters and stuff like that. So part of me was like, yay, new new Paper Mario game, almost called it Pooper Mario. Um, (laughs) And not out of character. That's that's coming next year. Um, and uh, the other part of me was like, oh, the 35th anniversary remaster rumors might be true, too. So maybe this is going to get kind of the hype train started on all that. Yeah, and I do want to yeah. talk about rumors later, but like the trailer itself also just like it just looked like a cool Paper Mario game to me. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I think that, that, you know, my my genuine feeling upon seeing that trailer was cautious optimism in that you know now that this is the ninth entry in the paper mario series uh it's always the same kind of thing like you see the new one and it's like oh this is great like i'm so excited about this thing but then you remember the previous game and you're like well that wasn't very good so Mm -hmm. uh, you know i i I think that the the 
the way that they keep refining, redefining the art style and the new mechanics that they keep putting in there make me excited to play it. Um, but I'm curious to see how much they've changed, how much they can actually take it back to their, the Paper Mario roots, uh, you know, on the 64 and with the thousand year door that people love so much. And if that, that, you know, that'll shine through and make this game a standout in the franchise that now has 15 entries in it. So, and that is, that is more and more each time. <laughs> <laughs> that is the interesting thing about this too, is like, it, it felt like almost everybody had like collective amnesia where we were all like, yeah, another Paper Mario game. And then everyone at the same time was like, well, the last two weren't that exciting. Like, uh, yeah. I don't know. None, of them, none of them are bad. That's the thing. Right. Um, I don't think any of them have been nines or tens in a very long time. But um, I, I think that like what we're hoping for is that like every single one of them, including, you know, the, the, the one on 3DS, was like such an almost and so like the recipe is there the formula is there the art style is there i think that there's so much in play that can gel together to make such an awesome game um but it's always missing a little bit of something or it drags on a little too long or feels a little too repetitive or there's a mechanic that feels a little dumbed down and so i i think that like the optimism you saw from people here uh albeit cautious or not was that there's a chance for this to be the one where everything comes together and and actually really works out for something stellar. Yeah, I have the same thought because I, you know, I haven't played any of the previous games and I like I know that like the old ones are really good, but I was thinking about how um, you know, I'm like didn't everyone hate like the last two and everyone's like yeah, but like it's going to be different this time. Like everyone seems ready to get hurt again. Um, you know, <laughs> and it, it'll it'll be interesting to see like I think a lot of times with these kind of side franchises sometimes they end up being a little bit of a mixed bag i mean it looked good from the trailer but it's also just a trailer right it, it always looks exciting in the trailer because that's kind of the point of it um mm -hmm. i'm here for these insanely long arms um i was excited about the long <laughs> arms the puzzle solving i thought that was that was cute and weird and goofy um like you know speaking of like side stuff like i remember playing like a bunch of bowser's inside story and like how quirky and random that got um i love seeing like the goomba covered in like i don't know lighting that it was trying to consume like the paper mache goomba was really cool so it, it looks like it has a lot of personality but that doesn't always i think one of the how do i say issues with nintendo games but sometimes like you see stuff and it looks really exciting but then when you play it it's less uh the gameplay doesn't really live up to the design of like the aesthetics and the feel like i even had that feeling you know playing the most recent kirby game uh, the early levels in Crafted World had that. Uh, later on, it got a lot stronger of a game. You know, Tom, I know you reviewed it and enjoyed it. But I think sometimes there are those issues where it seems so great, but then when you play it, it, it doesn't always live up. So um, I think we'll kind of obviously need to wait until we actually get hands-on with it to see whether or not it is, you know, a return to form and the things that people loved about it, or if it's just another, like, okay entry in a, in a solid series. Yeah, yeah I mean, I think... Brian and I talked about this a little bit yesterday on News Games and More weekdays at 4 p.m. on uh, IGN.com and, and YouTube. But um, we specifically talked a little bit about how Nintendo, with the Paper Mario series, has a tendency to to hinge the the entire game on like one mechanic and kind of run that into the ground. And that's the kind of thing that I'm I'm a little concerned about because after 19 entries in the series, like obviously they know how to make a competent Paper Mario game. But I'm just I'm just worried that they're not learning from the stuff that they've maybe misstepped on in the past. And so that those are the kinds of things that I hope that we we can get past in this new one. And I think that the the thing that makes me feel a little more confident in this one is that we saw 
so much variety in this trailer alone. There are so many different mechanic, uh, mechanics at play and a lot, a lot of different um, settings and backdrops. And I think that's really interesting and maybe bodes well for keeping the series fresh after, you know, 20 plus entries. So well, Yeah, well, I was I was looking over IGN's top 25 Paper Mario games and I was surprised. <laughs> <to> say... <laughs> got him. Oh my God. <laughs> you just killed Zach. Yeah, got him. I was... I was surprised to see that, you know, um, a, a lot of these in terms of uh, kind of traversal are pretty rudimentary and pretty straightforward. Uh, but this one seemed like it had a lot going on. It was almost like this sort of uh, you know, like the DS Zelda games have that sort of like touchscreen boating around around or, or at least the first one did specifically. Um, and I, I was picking up vibes of that too, sort of like mild Wind Waker stuff. Um, I think that like kind of going around the overworld looks really interesting here. The um, sort of uh, the the splits between the actual paper style and the kind of paper mache paper craft style, uh, the like weird paper craft goombas and stuff like that. I think there's like a there's there's a lot of potential here for different gameplay mechanics. The weird sort of like puzzle spiral thing that they showed, you know, which is Mario fighting group of enemies on like this interlocking yeah. set of circles. Um, that looks like it has potential to be fairly interesting, but also kind of frustrating. So, yeah, I don't know. I, th I think there's a lot more here than, say, uh, the, the 3DS Paper Mario game, which, you know, felt pretty repetitive. Well, the interesting thing about this trailer, too, is, like, I don't necessarily think it was, like, a well-cut trailer, but the reason I think that is because it was basically, like, a shotgun blast of just, like, here's another thing, here's another thing, here's another area, here's another mechanic. And, like, I loved that, right? Like, it was almost rushed because they had so much they wanted to show. And you're right, there was some interesting stuff. Like, there was, like, a dune buggy you were driving. There was a boat you were sailing through. There was that really cool section of, like, tall grass. There was, like, a log ride going down a river. Like, they showed off a lot of really cool cool looking stuff and one thing i did want to dig down on was the combat specifically because one of the things people kind of hone in on is their their dislike with sticker star and color splash is that they use these sort of like limited resource card based combat systems right or sticker based right but basically that's what they are is like a kingdom uh, uh the the Kingdom Hearts for 3DS, I can't, or DS, I can't remember chain, the name. Chain of Memories. Chain of Memories, yeah. It was a similar-ish combat system to that, not real-time, obviously. Um, this game, from what we've seen, there was a, a video on the Japanese, it's not a leak, people thought it was a leak, but it's not a leak, a video on only on the Japanese version of the Paper Mario Origami King site that showed off the combat a little more, and that weird interlocking wheel is the combat, and they're calling it a mix mm -hmm. between, like, puzzle and RPG combat, where what you're doing, it seems like, in each round is you have a certain amount of time to twist these wheels that all the enemies are on and line them up so that when you then use an attack you can hit multiple enemies in a row or you can get combos that way so that just seems to be like how the combat works and it doesn't from what we can tell use a resource system it does some cool things like bringing back the crowd the audience from early paper mario games and like i'm kind of into it so far like i'm really excited to see more of that combat system yeah, I, the, I, I like. I'm predicting it right now. Uh, I think that interlocking wheel thing is going to be make it or break it for a lot of people. Like, it, mm. it's. I think it looks interesting enough, but it's also. I could see that being severely tedious after doing it for 15, 20 hours. I mean, obviously, it's Nintendo, so they're going to throw a lot into that mechanic. That's what they always do: is they basically build a mechanic for a video game, you know, which is you know a, a gimmick, but in like the you know a, a, the most loving way possible, and they build an entire video game around it, and then they expand on that mechanic as much as they possibly can. Um, 
and we've seen them do that with with so many games before. And so I really hope this one sort of sticks a landing because it's I, I could I could definitely see myself after you know 15 hours of spinning dials being like uh, I'm good. Uh, yeah, I think I think 15 hours is about the max that you can expect from these games. Though I you know mm-hmm. I don't feel like any of them have run much much further over 15 to 20 hours, and that's True. if you're kind of doing a completionist run. They're not you know 70 plus hour. JRPG is like your Final Fantasy 7s and Persona 5s. But what about in between the interlocking wheels, you drive a little Doom buggy? I'm into that. That's true. I was yeah. into that. I really like I really like you know the cool vibes coming off of that boat section that they showed. That was that little vibes. That little cart is actually uh the shoe that Mario gets in. It's just the it's brown instead of Yeah, it's brown instead of green, so it's like oh, nice. but I I do like huh. those little like small nods and I think you know, to kind of bring it back to that original question of like someone who isn't into these games, like why should you play them? What draws me to these kind of side series that Nintendo has with Mario is that if you know Mario and have played the games before, you get these little like pieces of enjoyment from the lore that's sprinkled throughout. Obviously, Mario is not like a story heavy game, but there's like so much much built out into those worlds in terms of the powers and the abilities and the enemies. And just seeing those in a different context is always like refreshing and potentially exciting. Uh, The final thing I wanted to touch on before we get to some questions as well is uh, just real quickly, like how you guys feel about the fact that this is getting revealed two months before release. And like, if there was an E3, would this be getting revealed a month before release? Like, this is wild. This is super cool to me. Yeah. I mean, that's awesome. I think Nintendo has been pretty, pretty good. This, this cycle about, keeping their cards close to their chest, playing their cards close to their definitely, chest. Definitely, like definitely. Doing stuff where it's like, hey, this game will come out in, you know, at the end of the year, or this game is coming out, you know, in the next few months. And so this is just another example of them having something in their back pocket and being like, okay, well, now we're going to put this out. I do I do think that it's interesting. I saw a lot of people online talking about how this this particular trailer felt like it was, because of the abrupt way that it ended, felt like it was clipped out of a bigger direct Um so I, you know, I'm curious about that, and and especially considering that we got follow up news uh, this morning about uh, NES and new S- NES and SNES games coming to uh, those platforms on Switch. Uh, so you know, may- maybe there was something that they had planned for bigger announcements that you know that that E3 direct that they postponed that we're kind of getting bits and pieces of now as things are getting closer um yeah but the things again, the things they don't want to hold till july basically yeah in, in a year in a year where we are you know the the rest of nintendo's release calendar is a big question mark it's nice to have something to look forward to in a you know post animal crossing world so definitely yeah, yeah. And who's to say that like the COVID stuff doesn't also play some type of factor? Uh, I know we talked about this on News Games More, which True. is live at 4 p.m. PT every day. That's right. <laughs> redo, mm-hmm. redo the plug. But uh, in all seriousness, we talked about how like, oh, it feels like some of these announcements, like it'll be mentioned. And then they're like, it's two weeks from now. It's a month from now. And a part of that might just be our warped perception of time as we all are at home. But I think the benefit of doing it that way is like wh- when life was normal, a few months or half a year or like a few seasons from now seemed kind of normal, but now it's like, it just feels so far away. So I think having mm-hmm. like these short announcement to release cycles is really beneficial because it makes the audience a little bit less agitated. Um, I think we're all at the point where it, a lot of, if it's far away, it just seems even farther away. So um, I think it's a little bit of column A, a little bit of column B. And obviously the lack of E3 and these other events is also due to COVID. So I think a lot of, 
how the world has changed has affected how announcements and game hype and how all of those um, are cycling through. Yeah, I agree to that. I totally agree as well. And we uh, put out a call for questions for Question Block, a special little one uh, on our NBC podcast forums on Facebook, which you can go and join. It's a great little community. Uh, so thank you to everyone who contributed. I grabbed a few of those. Sam Schumacher asked, how much credence does the announcement of this game give to the other Mario-related rumors we've heard this year? Brian, you already touched on this a little bit, that you know it was the 35th anniversary stuff, but there was also a rumor that a new Paper Mario game and a new 2D Metroid game were going to be coming out this year. And obviously, you got to take all these rumors with a grain of salt. They're all not confirmed. We don't know. But that was another one that half of which was seemingly proven true. Yeah, I mean, we, we've been talking for almost 19 minutes now about this trailer, and we've really like kind of glossed over one of the most cool parts of it, which is that little Easter egg at the end where there's a papier-mâché Metroid Samus helmet. Um, and obviously, this got everybody going insane yesterday in the best way possible, because we need a little hope right now, and Metroid <laughs> has needed a little hope for a long time now. Uh, and so, yeah, I think that there's something there. I don't necessarily think it automatically means... I mean, I'll put it this way. It could mean a number of things. It could mean Amiibo support for, for this Paper Mario game. It could mean it's just a cool Easter egg. Or it could mean that they're ready to talk about Metroid again in some capacity, whether that's a brand new 2D one. Maybe they have some interesting stuff to show from Prime 4. Uh, either way, like, it's it's good news. It reminds me of the year where I believe Reggie wore, like, a Metroid pin, and everybody lost their minds. And I don't think it actually turned into anything, but... Um, it's hope, and that's what Metroid fans need. And uh, yeah, I would be all for it. So hopefully it becomes something real. Yeah, I think it lends a lot of credence to these rumors. I, I mean, I don't think this coming out, it's a good sign that the rumors are true. I don't think it's a guarantee by any means. Uh, but it kind of reminds me of uh, Tom, before Pokemon Sword and Shield released, you did an article on, you know, this, like the new, the latest trailer or like direct, shows that some of these rumors have been proven true. And then when we look back at the release, pretty much all of those rumors were true, except for maybe some of the details, like the naming and things were different, or maybe a few details here and there didn't actually pan out. So I kind of see this as something similar. Like the more and more these announcements come out that align with that rumor, the more I start to believe everything on that rumor list. So really good sign. I'm not ready to say for sure yet. I also just don't want to get my hopes up because it's such a cool... Like, it was such a cool rumor, and I'm like, it sounds too good to be true. And who's to say that, like, you know, whoever kind of started this rumor didn't just, you know, throw a couple extra things in there. It'll pat it out, make it a little bit juicier. And also, you know, potentially, too, to avoid maybe getting caught if they knew the information, you know, just kind of throw in a couple of things that are inaccurate. Um, those, that's always a possibility when rumors are swirling around. So, yeah, I'm, it's starting to look good. I'm not ready to say for sure, but it's looking good, which is exciting. Just put, uh, just put Prime One on Switch. Just put Zero Mission on Switch. Just throw. <laughs> just that's it. Just throw I just those. Want, I actually just want Metro Fusion. I just want Metro Fusion. That's that's <laughs> that's all I want. Yeah, all right. I'll take yeah. it. I'll take it if it leads to the rest of them. But no, I I like Metro <laughs> Fusion. But Zero Mission and and the first Prime game. Those she was fused with the stuff. Best suit. Such a good suit. She was. Oh, she was fused with a game that wasn't as good as Zero Mission. Wow. wow. I mean, wow. You know what? Well, I don't remember that right. game that much because I was not very old. <laughs> I think right. it's, Zero Mission's better than all 45 Paper Mario games combined, and I'll, I'll fight you to the death on that wow. one. Wow. 
this is this is escalating wildly out of control. There were two questions, that, a couple questions that I really quickly wanted to breeze through because we are running out of time. But Jonders asked, "Does this mean the next Nintendo Direct is after July seventeenth? I think no. That does not mean that specifically. Um, I think it could go either way. We've seen with other directs where they'll announce a game with just a trailer and then do a direct to expand on that game. So it could be that we're going to get something early July that just expands on Paper Mario coming out later. Um, So, no, I don't think that means that specifically. Um, We also had a question from Emmanuel Luevano. Luevano? Sorry, I'm terrible at names. Uh, The only Paper Mario game I played was Sticker Star, but was just never motivated to finish it. I do have OG Paper Mario and Thousand Year Door. Using Sticker Star as a parameter, should I try the older games? I'd say 100% play Thousand Year Door. Yeah, Thousand Year Door is like... I think it's one of the most underrated games on the GameCube. It's amazing. Yeah, and that's saying something about a game that is actually pretty rated. But, you know, <laughs> Thousand Year Door is the one that, that people always point to when they talk about, like, with the hallmarks of, of a series that has over 50 entries in it. You know, like, you, you want to go back and play the best of the best. And so it's, it's tough when you've got that many. But, but, yeah, Thousand Year Door is definitely worth the time. Yeah, I, I think you can probably skip the OG one. I think the other ones are up to you, but Thousand Year Door is worth going back for if you can find a way to play it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and finally, David Barber asks, since news breaks after NVC, can you start doing NVC twice a week so we can get the Metroid Trilogy announcement already? Uh, no promises. We did do it twice a week this week, but this was a special case. I'm sorry we can't quite help you out in that regard. Uh, thankfully, I, though, we were able to I was going to gonna say, I, I think if we stick with the Wednesday schedule, it means that you're pretty much guaranteed Nintendo news on Thursday. And so yeah, true. Look, at the, look at the bright side here. As long as <laughs> we keep recording on Wednesdays, you're going to get an awesome news drop on Thursday. We may not always get to it, but wouldn't you rather have that than two episodes and no news? Yeah, if you think about it, I mean, we're really taking a hit for the fans. You know what I yeah. mean? Yeah, we're working. Yeah. We're working in partnership with Nintendo no to make sure you guys get news and we don't. So that's really that's important. Right. Yeah. yeah, that's mm-hmm. our business model. Speaking of, yeah. I'm shutting this business down right now. Thank you very much for listening. If you're new to this show, we usually have a normal episode, as we've said, on Thursday at 3 p.m. Uh, this was a special little one-off. We're doing in-between meetings because we're very busy, but we wanted to talk to you this with you you can always contact us at nbc at ign.com over email or on the nbc podcast forums on facebook or in the comments on youtube you know ign.com anywhere you can we'd love to talk to you on twitter all those places nbc at nbc podcast twitter i believe our handle um that's right there you go I hope this satisfied your mario paper mario craving uh and remember that this is the only place where you can to the thing Hi, I'm Madigan from Your Angry Neighborhood Feminist, the podcast that explores the world through a personal, intersectional feminist perspective. I bring you two episodes a week. Every Monday, I cover something from a wide variety of topics, covering everything from feminist faves throughout history like Audre Lorde, listener coming out stories, and other hot button topics like toxic masculinity and the Me Too movement as well as plenty feminist history, the good and the controversial. And then every Friday, I bring you a mini What's in the News episode to keep you up to date with everything that's going on today in the world. And with over 580 episodes available to you right now, there's plenty of good stuff to listen to. You can listen to Your Angry Neighborhood Feminist wherever you get your podcasts. And don't forget to rage on. Bye.